Will a Democrat murder you? He might, if your politics are different. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the intro. I come to you today regarding a disturbing story, and that is the story of the concept of the danger you are in, the unique danger you are in if your politics are to the right of center. Because we have a two-tiered justice system in the United States, there is one set of rules and laws for Republicans, and there is one set of rules and laws for Democrats. Some people erroneously call this a double standard. As Michael Knowles likes to say, it's not a double standard, it's one standard where Democrats can do pretty much whatever they want, and Republicans are held accountable for breaking the law. As I've said many times, laws are for little people and Republicans, they do not apply to Democrats, and as such, you are in greater physical danger from Democrats if you are a Republican than Democrats are from Republicans. It, it does not go both ways. This is not a very fine people on both sides sort of situation. We'll talk about that. Um, it is a fact that if you have right-wing politics, you are in greater physical danger for your politics than you are if you have left-wing politics because left-wingers want to murder you, desire very much to hurt you, and put you in prison. And then the justice system will do everything in its power to make sure that that's what happens because the justice system is largely populated by people who share the politics of left-wingers and don't care if their bias comes out in how quote-unquote justice is applied to the legal system. I know there are some of you listening to this right now who are denying up and down that this happens. You've got your fingers in your ears. You're humming as loudly as you can. You don't want to believe that this is true. Or you're insisting, uh there are violent right-wingers too. And yes, there are. There are violent people of every political stripe, and many of them have no coherent politics. But overwhelmingly, the people who do violence are much more likely to be left-wingers than right-wingers. And just like um, in terms of the racial demographics of crime, crime is usually conducted amongst uh, like demographics. White people generally assault white people. Black people generally assault black people if we go by the numbers. However, where the difference is, is white on black crime happens much, much more rarely than black on white crime. This is simply a statistical fact. And it's not hard to believe why that might be, given that our culture pumps out a steady drumbeat of hatred and resentment against white people for being white. So it doesn't, it's not surprising that we would see an uptick in crimes committed by people who've been told they are the aggrieved parties against the people who are supposedly at fault for these grievances. That's just the, the predictable outcome of culture. And we saw an escalation in these predictable outcomes in culture when President Biden gave his grand blood-red Cobra Commander speech in front of, was it Independence Hall in Pennsylvania? With a couple of uniformed Marines behind him to make the point that he has the military and you don't. Um, and he basically said a couple of things that started with, well, there, there just aren't that many normal Republicans anymore. Why? He's worked with Republicans, those normal Republicans. 
Republicans and, and those mainstream Republicans, where those are defined as anyone who agrees with Joe Biden. If you're a Republican and you're willing to vote for Democrat policies, you're A-OK -okay in Joe Biden's book. However, the vast majority of Republicans, because he said there aren't many of those normal Republicans left, the vast majority of Republicans are mega Republicans. And they are very, very bad. They're so bad, in fact, that their very existence is a threat to the fabric of democracy. He essentially said that anyone who does not vote for Joe Biden is akin to a domestic terrorist, someone whose very existence threatens our entire quote-unquote democracy. Now, when Democrats speak of our democracy, and they're very, very concerned about our democracy, what they really mean is any system, any engine that re-elects Democrats and keeps putting Democrats in power. And I know there are those of you right now who are saying, it doesn't matter, both parties are the same, they're both corrupt, there's no difference. There is. There is a distinct difference between Democrat and Republican uh, uh, legislation, Democrat and Republican administrations, Democrat and Republican institutions. You look at the platforms of the two parties, there is a very uh, perceptible difference in what both parties say they want. Now, yes, when they govern, both parties tend to spend money like drunken sailors. Both parties tend to take power they're not supposed to have. That's very true. But I dare you to compare the last 18 months of the dumpster fire that is Joe Biden destroying everything to the previous four years of Donald Trump. Because while the media told us for four years that it was absolute chaos, it was dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria every moment of every day, it actually wasn't. That was just the media hating Trump for daring to beat Hillary. They never forgave the man for it. He humiliated them and took away what they saw as their birthright. Hillary Clinton's presidential election was her divine right, and how dare Donald Trump steal it? Just like in Georgia, where that gap-toothed idiot decided she was the governor even though she lost the election, spent the next several years complaining that she was essentially the governor in absentia of, of Georgia, you know, the governor in exile of Georgia, and then tried to claim just recently, oh, I never said that. I never claimed that the election wasn't legitimate. Because now that they're saying that anyone who questions the last election is an insurrectionist who must be broomed out of America, well, now it's very inconvenient, their own history of denying the results of elections whenever they don't win. I think Trump was absolutely right to raise some questions after all of the irregularities, all of the rules that got changed, all of the manipulation of news by big tech, all of the weird reports of how the vote was going one way and then it just took a hard jog to one side and suddenly it was going against him by the exact amount needed to destroy his chances. There was a lot to question, but we're not allowed to ask questions anymore. The First Amendment is meaningless if you want to have any opinion that actually goes against what the folks in power, the folks in big tech, the folks on the left side of the aisle who control our political and social institutions means nothing if you want to contradict them. You don't have freedom of speech. You will be destroyed. You will be unpersoned. You will be debanked. You will not be allowed to use social media. Everything that connects you to, connects you to the rest of humanity will be taken from you. But after that, what's left? Why? Your very life. And that brings us to the case of Shannon Brandt, a 41-year-old man in North Dakota who was driving drunk 
when he deliberately ran down an 18-year-old and then called 911 to complain that this 18-year-old was a member of a dangerous Republican extremist group and they'd gotten into some kind of political argument and, and the teenager said he was going to call people and, and, and they were going to come after Shannon Brandt. So in preemptive self-defense, he ran down this teenager in cold blood and murdered him. But it gets better. During a recent court hearing, the North Dakota man, accused of running over a minor with his automobile during a political argument, claimed he didn't comprehend the charges leveled against him. He is accused of abandoning the scene of an accident and vehicular murder. Brandt argued that he was not a flight risk and opposed the bond amount, even though he was given a tiny amount of bail for a crime like this. Uh, what was it, 50000 something like that? He said, I have a job, a life, and a house, and things that I don't exactly want to see go by the wayside. Family that is very important to me, he said. And I'm, I'm so terribly sorry for the burden imposed on your family, Mr. Brandt, by the fact that you committed deliberate vehicular murder because you didn't like somebody's politics. And then you blamed the victim by saying, well, your honor, he was one of those MAGA Republicans, you know, the ones that Joe Biden says is a threat to democracy. So clearly I killed him ahead of time in self-defense. I killed him in, in precognitive self-defense, just like in Minority Report. He hadn't committed a crime yet, but I mean, he was part of this violent extremist group. Of course, eventually, he was going to commit a crime against me. So I murdered him ahead of time to stop him from doing so. So you see, what I've done, Your Honor, is perfectly justifiable. That's what we're supposed to believe. And when I posted about this on TikTok, which is... I feel silly whenever I post on TikTok because it's predominantly young people. But that's where the activity is. And there's a lot of political argument going on there. I don't know how much of it is being conducted by rational adults and how much of it is being conducted by people who aren't even really old enough to vote. But it was disturbing the number of people who had justifications for why it was perfectly okay for this man to murder a teenager in cold blood uh, when there was no threat to him whatsoever. As far as the phone calls that this boy was supposedly making to extremist groups, can we all agree that's just crap? That's the kind of thing you say when you want to make yourself look better because you've just committed a horrible crime. It's exactly like those guys who beat up an employee in Macy's and, and filmed it because it was fun for them. And he's screaming apologies the whole time they're beating him, not resisting in any way, just being beaten. And they say, well, he, he called us the N-word, so it was okay for us to beat him down. Well, no, he did no such thing. But they knew that that excuse was a get-out-of-jail-free card. Likewise, it is becoming the case that just pointing and saying he's a republican is also a get out of jail free card and we saw this over and over again when political violence became mainstream when did political violence become mainstream in 2016 um that was abundantly obvious trump became president i'd never heard of antifa before that period of time um i, I think i saw one reference to uh, uh internet uh, commentator Matt Forney, who you know has his own issues, uh, being chased by a couple of Antifa. And I'm like, what the hell is that? It's the first time I'd ever heard of it. And then uh, Antifa violence, um, you know, this supposedly anti-fascist group who are really just a bunch of little brown shirts in black uniforms. Um, the, you know, they're basically street thugs. They are the enforcement arm of radical Democrats. 
Um, they're just like the brown shirts in, in Germany. That's what they are. They're fascists. They claim to be anti-fascists. And according to today's sense of irony, they are exactly the opposite of what they claim to be because their stated goal is to hurt you, kill you, silence you, stop you from uttering words that they claim are harmful. You see, your opinions are bad. Anytime you criticize anyone on the left, your criticism is dangerous. Why? By criticizing someone, someone else might threaten them. If someone else threatens them, someone else might hurt them. And if you criticizing someone could be said to lead somehow through some magic to them being harmed, even though you didn't advocate for violence against them and you didn't say anything that wasn't true, why then it's preemptive self-defense to beat you down, to crush your skull with a bike lock, to murder you for the hat you're wearing because your opinions are wrong. So the bike lock professor, some college radical, I think it was a college professor, he went to a political event with a bike lock or more than one and used it as a weapon to beat someone down. He bought them for that purpose. He got off with a slap on the wrist. Countless people who rioted during the summer of 2020 and into 2021, uh, I can't remember now, it's all kind of blurring together. There was the summer of 2020 when things got really bad. I want to say there was also violence in the summer of 2021, but I don't remember. But during the, the summer of love, the, the mostly peaceful rioting season, when $2 billion of damage was done to the United States, people died. Many more people were assaulted. There was one horrible piece of video of uh, someone being beaten. I think they even had like a Black Lives Matter sign in their shop window. And when the rioters came to destroy their business and, and it didn't matter, they beat them down anyway. Um, all of those people, or at least the overwhelming majority of those people, were let go. Nothing happened to them. They either got a slap on the wrist or the charges were just dropped. There were no consequences for all of that violence. A protest got out of hand on January 6th, and those people are public enemy number one to the point that any politician who can in any way tenuously be linked to that protest is now being held criminally accountable and told that they're disqualified from running for office. That's happened to at least one person so far. Um, and it's comical how little damage was done during that protest. And yet it's the worst thing to happen. It's worse than 9-11, according to some of these hand-wringing, lying, crocodile-tears-spewing Democrats. You are in much greater danger of being assaulted by a member of Antifa than you are by literally any other group in po politics today. Um, I think in terms of the group that is most targeted for hate crimes, it's still Jews. And, and anti-Semitic hate crimes statistically are still the largest single number. But um, there are any number of hate crimes targeted against conservatives simply for being conservatives. And, and I realize that statistics on that are hard to find, but really just approach it with common sense. How many videos have you seen of people getting assaulted for wearing MAGA hats, just wearing a political hat? Have we seen any equivalent attacks on people for wearing any shirt for a Democrat or for Obama or for Biden? I mean, you don't see people wearing those things for the Democrats and for Biden because people don't support the Democrats and Biden <laughs> the way they do Republicans. Um, I, I, think it, I think the comedian's name is Andrew Schultz. He, he did a routine. He said, uh, Biden doesn't have any merch. <laughs> And he made the point that, you know, Trump could really move merchandise, whereas Biden, nobody's excited about him. So I don't really think there's an equivalent, but 
let's say you could have the equivalent iconography of your support for Democrats on your body somewhere. I know of no equivalent number of reports of Democrats who've been assaulted simply for expressing their opinions. You're very safe expressing opinions in support of Democrats in today's society. Um, here's another example. Republicans constantly have to speak in code and misspell words just to avoid getting kicked off social media only for expressing their political opinions, which have been misclassified and mischaracterized as hatred, marginalized as against community standards by definition. Only one side, only one political opinion is considered valid. And in this environment, it is so easy to dehumanize one side and normalize violence against them. When Richard Spencer was assaulted on the street, now, Richard Spencer is not a conservative. He is not a Republican. His politics are somewhat bizarre, and they're not consistent. He's given multiple interviews and I think now claims to be a leftist or something. There's no, like, there's no finding a coherent through line in Richard Spencer's politics. But Richard Spencer is, you know, he has been reviled as a Republican and as a Nazi and as being on the right side of the aisle. So when he got punched in, you know, on a public street, well, ha ha ha, that was so funny. There were constant memes, uh, videos like, you know, the sound of sonic rings when he got punched and stuff like that. Some of them were very funny and Richard Spencer is not a particularly good person. But the fact is, this is normalizing violence against people whose opinions you don't like, who've offered you no physical threat whatsoever. Anytime Republicans criticize Democrats, we're told that that's tantamount to death threats. How dare you criticize? Your criticism is dangerous. And, and so when we hoax and, and uh, fabricate a bomb threat, then it's your fault that we fabricated it. That happened at Boston Children's Hospital because some Republicans dared to criticize a program at Boston Children's Hospital that transes the kids, as they say. And uh, so that was a, that was a threat. Uh, that was stochastic terrorism. That's one of the terms they like to use. You simply having opinions that are critical of their positions is now, in their opinion, by definition, terrorism. And that's how they marginalize and target you. That targeting has consequences. When that Republican-Democrat softball game was shot up by a Bernie Sanders supporter, it was the Republicans he was trying to murder because he had been told over and over again that Republicans wanted to take away health care or kick puppies or do whatever else it is that Democrats say Republicans want to do. Um, this kid who was murdered by Shannon Brandt, that was a direct result of the type of rhetoric that Biden is putting out that says that Republicans, by definition, are all extremists. Therefore, they are all terrorists. Therefore, they are all dangerous. So anything you do to them must, by definition, be okay. You know, Antifa regularly assaults people. There was a guy who was murdered for wearing the wrong hat sometime in the vicinity of all the street violence that was happening somewhere generally around when the Kyle Rittenhouse thing happened. Kyle Rittenhouse gets brought up as, well... Republicans murder people. Look at look at uh, Kyle Rittenhouse murdered those kids. Um, uh, that Ghostbusters horn you just heard was an alarm on my phone that I forgot to turn off. Um, you know they, they say that Kyle Rittenhouse was a murderer. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse by definition is not a murderer. He was acquitted. He was acting in lawful self-defense when he shot the Democrat murderers who were trying to kill him. One of those guys was a child molester who's now roasting in the fires of hell and belongs there. Another one, the one whose arm Rittenhouse blew off, 
That guy was pointing a gun at Rittenhouse because he wanted to murder him. That's why these things happened. And it all comes back to the threat that Democrats generally, as a category, pose to Republicans as a category. Again, how do I know? Because I have to make the calculated decision about whether or not I feel like handling the threats that will come from wearing a MAGA hat or any hat that professes my political beliefs in terms of being on the Republican side. Do you think I wear a MAGA hat when I go anywhere near a restaurant? No, because I don't want someone spitting in my food. Anytime I'm in a grocery store or any other public location and I'm wearing a hat like that, a Let's Go Brandon hat or an FJB hat or, or I have a new one that says MAGA Republican on it, the whole time I'm very aware of what I'm doing. I'm aware of the fact that because I'm expressing my political opinion, someone could attempt to assault me. At the very least, someone could give me grief, you know, completely unsolicited because I'm just expressing my political opinion. And you might say, well, why do you got to express your political opinion? Just let it go. Don't be political. Well, yeah, that's true. But why is it then that progressives are always allowed to state their opinions? I can't tell you the number of times I've been in public and you'll just hear someone casually talking about their Democrat beliefs. It happens all the time and they don't have any fear of expressing what they believe. If I'm at a, a family gathering or an extended family gathering, Relatives have no problem saying things that I don't agree with. I've been out with friends that I didn't particularly know, friends of friends, you know, and they'll get together and they'll start talking about how much they hate those nasty Republicans. I just, you know, I choose my battles and most of the time I keep my mouth shut in situations like that, mostly because I know if they were to engage me in an argument, that's going to go bad places. I'm like, for all our sakes, you don't want me weighing in on this because I'm too, I'll, I'll just be honest, I'm too good at it. It has caused problems before. I spent eight years writing political columns every single week for WorldNet Daily. I have since written, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of political words. I've ghostwritten books that are political in nature for paying clients. I have too much practice. I'm too good at arguing my beliefs. So if we get into a political argument, you're not going to like it because I'm good at it. And it makes people angry. So. Let me circle back to my point, though. My point is, I know of no Democrat who has to ask themselves, if I leave the house in my, what's the name of that union, SEIU shirt? I, I noticed it because I was watching videos on social media and a guy just happened to be wearing an SEIU t-shirt, which is not really as iconic as like anything supporting Trump or whatever, but it's still, it's a political statement. I know of no Democrats who have to worry about the political statements made on their clothing or that come out of their mouths for fear that they will be beaten beaten in the street for having the wrong opinion. You can't say the same of anybody wearing a MAGA hat. And again, Andrew Schultz, that comedian, he said something like, uh, you know, the hat's the last thing you put on your body before you leave the house. It's easy not to wear it. And everyone wearing a MAGA hat decided they wanted their day to be more difficult, potentially. Um, it is disturbing. It is increasingly very disturbing to me that we live in a world where only one side has valid opinions in the eyes of popular culture and the media. And I find myself on the wrong side in terms of popular culture. It would be the easiest thing in the world to be a Democrat. I, when I imagine how much easier what my life would be if my politics lined up and I didn't have to worry about losing 
my bank or my social media accounts or my uh, my uh, uh, hosting platforms for the various things that I do because people who have the correct politics never have to worry about that happens to them on rare occasion but almost never you know there's all these these uh, payment processors who seem to exist for the sole purpose of telling you you can't use them because your politics are wrong and for no other reason it would be so easy to live that way and it would be nice to know that I could express my opinions without fear of assault. Political violence, and I started to say this before, it started in 2016. Because Trump won, the left discovered this new shiny bauble that is violence, using violence to get your way. And at first, they intimidated a lot of people. Then the folks attending political protests and political rallies started to wise up, started to armor up for street battles. That's when the they called him Based Stickman, and I forget what the guy's name was, but he showed up wearing armor, essentially, and he had a long stick, almost like a like an Indian lati, one of those long crowd control sticks that they used to beat people with from far away. Uh, and he, he gave people some trouble. And then the left started using makeshift shields and flagpoles that they were using as spears, and then the bike locks came out, and it's just been a constant escalation. Now we're at the point where the left has its own gun clubs. The people who want to ban guns have started their own firearms organizations. Their training is laughable. Their discipline is terrible. Um, there have been a number of incidents where it was obvious that the leftists marching with firearms probably had airsoft guns, and let's hope that that was the case because they had no idea what they were doing. There is no such thing as a left-wing Democrat firearms expert. Familiarity with firearms and the knowledge that goes with it, the understanding of firearms, tends to bring you around to a right way of thinking. Um, you can't remain a radical left-wing Democrat and be any good with firearms. You can, however, be dangerous with firearms. And Democrats love guns when it comes to using them against people they don't like. As we've seen, uh, again, the, the guy who was shot for having the wrong hat. I can't remember if it was a MAGA hat or something else, but he was shot because of the political hat he was wearing. Um... So to answer the question that I asked at the beginning of this, it's really a very political rant. And I know this is a martial arts podcast, but fundamentally we're concerned with questions of personal security. And your personal security is very much at risk if your politics are right of center and if anyone knows it. Now you could have politics in your heart that no one's ever found out about and then there's no elevated threat to you. Unless your skin is the wrong color when you wander into the wrong protest. But fundamentally... What I'm standing up for is the right of you to express your political opinions. What good is the First Amendment if you can't express your political opinions? How can you participate in our society if your opinions are considered forbidden to be spoken? And even if they're not officially forbidden, if you feel like you can't speak them without getting beaten or attacked or stabbed by some left-winger, then what, what good is any of that? So we have to stand up for our rights. We have to stand up for our ability to express our opinions. But we also need to understand that if you are on the right side of the political aisle, you are at heightened danger for assault because people on the left believe they are justified in attacking you. It has happened repeatedly. There are all kinds of news articles underscoring this. I am not aware of a tremendous number of news articles supporting the other side of this. Everyone points to that one incident in Charlottesville where, uh, what was his name, James Fields uh, ran down a woman with his car. Uh, 
And when they first covered that, it sounded like vehicle jihad. It sounded like some guy at this supposed white nationalist rally had just run down a crowd of people. I've seen the video. What actually happened was this guy is in a beautiful, nearly brand new Dodge Challenger. That's important because I'm assuming that was his car and not a rental. If that was his car, all of that kid's disposable income was going into paying for that car. His payment was probably $600 a month. His insurance was probably pretty bad. So a guy like that takes his beloved Dodge Challenger to an event. Do you think he then just starts smashing it into things willy-nilly? I don't think so. I think what happened, based on the video, people attacked his car with bats and whatnot. He freaked out drove into a crowd of people because they were filling the street. They were in the middle of the road. I think he panicked. Now, he could be an evil bastard. It could be that in the moment he's like, I'll show them, I'll run them over. Uh, and he was convicted for the crime. The, the jury did not buy, or the judge, I don't know if it was a jury trial, but his defense that I was afraid for my life and I was defending myself, that was not believed. So, and, and I believe that guy is going to probably spend the rest of his life in prison. I think they I think they were going after him for multiple hate crimes, like 30 of them, um, last I knew. I haven't followed the case, really, since it initially happened and since he was initially convicted. So everyone can point to that, but that's one incident. One incident in a very unique situation. Meanwhile, we have multiple incidents of Democrats assaulting Republicans in all forms. The only reason that more Republicans have not been murdered, more of them have not been killed, is because Democrats are less adept at violence than folks on the right. They have not grown up in the tradition of gun ownership. They are less concerned with things like martial arts and combatives. And again, I'm not saying there aren't exceptions. You could be a Democrat listening to this, and you could be finding what I'm saying very offensive because you feel like I'm generalizing you into that category, and I apologize for that. I have to speak in generalities here. There are, clearly are always exceptions. But the general fact is still a fact, and that is that you... As a right-winger, as anyone to the right of the center of politics, you have to be concerned with the personal security threat that is your own political beliefs. Because there are people out there who will gladly hurt or kill you because you disagree with them. And I just don't think the same is true in the other direction. There are, you know, minor exceptions, there are lone exceptions, but it's not the sweeping cultural movement that is the President of the United States declaring that anyone who disagrees with him is a terrorist. And that's how it is. Until next time, I have been Phil Elmore. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.